You're listening to the Honeypot Chats, a podcast about cybersecurity with your hosts, Brenda and Tambi. Welcome back to Honeypot Chats. Thank you so much for the feedback and the continued support. We're still continuing our series featuring amazing African women in cybersecurity. And today we have a special guest, Fidus Nyamohanga from Kenya. We're going to have a little bit of a chat with Fidus. We'll talk about what well, she'll tell us what she does. We'll get into a little bit of cybersecurity as well. And then, of course, finish off with our fun questions. So, Fidus, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tambi. You're most welcome. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, who are you and how did you find yourself in cybersecurity? Thank you. So my name is Fides Nyamohanga. I'm a manager, manage security services in Safari Top, a telecom company that's going digital that is located in Nairobi, Kenya. So I'm responsible for creating strategic stakeholder relationships, uh, leading research within the cybersecurity space, and then how do we then create solutions that will address the customer's needs. I do demos and support the sales team to proactively identify prospects to generate leads within the managed security services. Yes, profit generation around managed security services. And uh, the most passionate role is just uh, giving solutions to customers, both large enterprises and small medium enterprises that are able to address the cybersecurity needs and uh, gaps that they have in the organization. How I found myself in this field, I started as an intern in Safaricom in 2015, June. I just uh, completed my undergraduate in a Bachelor of Science in Telecommunication Engineering. And I got uh, placed in the cybersecurity department. The interesting part is, um, I wanted to drop out of the internship and move to a different department because I didn't understand uh, what cybersecurity is all about because it's more of computer science. So I talked to my head of department then, Mr. Tony Lachanja, and he told me, why don't you take up a challenge and just understand what other courses are all about? So three months later, I was working in the department taking all the acronyms they're writing down just to understand what they mean. And uh, before I knew it, I had done three months attachment in the area and I loved it. It was like taking another course in the university. So fast forward, they had an opportunity in the department. They were starting up a security operations center. They needed analysts. I remember in the internship, there's a time they were understaffed because the team need to attend to others' issues. So we raised our hands that we could work at the SOC and we didn't even know what to do. So one lesson learned, I always say yes, you will learn on the job. So it was a one-day job. My friend and I split the shift. So six hours, we tried our best. I know they reviewed, obviously, later on. And um, so when the role came, we had experienced it. We knew what we knew the ideology around the security operations center. So when they set it up and they wanted analysts, we applied and I got the job. So I joined Safaricom officially as an employee in uh, February of 2016. I've worked in that role for four years. Then um, through some competitive interviews, I was able to now shift the focus from the Cyber Security Operations Center into Money Security Services. So Money Security Services is a passionate job that I really love because it uh, intertwines with my talking. I love talking and interacting. Yeah. 
So that's how I got myself into the field. Oh, that's pretty awesome. You you literally set up your future job role. That's pretty clever. <laughs> so um, you, you've, you've mentioned that, you know, you work in managed security services. And we also saw that you had um, quite a number of certifications. How do these certifications, such as your certified ethical hacking, which is your CEH, your ISO 27001, your CISP, which is your certified information system security profession um, certification, how do these apply to your job? So one thing I would say about certifications in cybersecurity and any other field, uh, one of my, and this I presented to my team the other day, is uh, first I look at where I want to go. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to manage security services, it means I'll be managing people, I'll be managing resources, I'll be managing um, products. So I need to have management skill and they have to relate to cybersecurity. Uh, so when I started, as an officer in the Cybersecurity Operations Center, that's when I did the Certified Ethical Hacker Certification because I needed to understand what kind of alerts are coming into the SIM and then how do I get to detect that this is an SQL injection, this is a broken authentication, this is a paid login. So I needed to understand what hackers do to be able to monitor, detect, and respond to incidents at the SOC. Now, when it goes to being an ISO certified lead implementer and auditor, so our organization is actually certified 27,001. So I took the training because it helps you broaden your mind scope in terms of what do auditors look out for? How do you implement the best information security management system? Literally, I know I'm building up to my current role of advising people how then do you build a cybersecurity system framework that actually work. And then when I was uh, getting into the manager role in managed security services, then I needed to be able to manage information security systems. And the best way is to get scenarios. When you're doing the training, you get scenario based where you have to make decisions. So that is where your critical thinking, your decision making comes in, where you actually have to do cost-benefit analysis, return on investment. And uh, that's what you're taught in CSSP. And uh, so this is how I got myself to be certified in all those fields. I think you never know how you're building your portfolio until you look back and see how the dots connect. So from CEH to being an ISO implementer, understanding how to implement cybersecurity frameworks and now managing those frameworks. Yeah. So to anyone wanting to do certifications, you need to understand the why you want the certifications, how you're going to be able to actually uh, get the certification, meaning are you going to study? Who are you going to study with? What times during your work hours are you going to spare to study? When do you want to do the session? So you really have to have timelines so that you develop discipline. Otherwise, for a whole year, you'll say I'll do a certification and you never accomplish. So it really needs discipline. It needs teamwork also, especially these courses like management, because you ask each other questions, challenge each other, and that develops your critical thinking and decision-making skills. Yeah. All right, great. That's very informative. Um, you know, we are living in very peculiar times with the COVID, um, which has you know affected um, everyone one way or the other. So in your line of work, um, how has COVID impacted, influenced um, the managed security services business? So I work with large enterprises, uh, small, medium enterprises. So for us, most of the business you'd find they 
depended on uh, customized clients' interactions. So you find when there's a lockdown, especially in our country, it's been uh, there for such a long time. People don't interact. Uh, the cash flow is a bit low. So you find that organizations are not doing businesses. The risks they were uh, exposed to get to change. They don't have uh, revenue coming in. So you find even when you're going to sell our products and services, yes, the customers need it, but they don't have the revenue. And if they don't have revenue, they don't have operational uh, expenditure budget and also capital expenditure budget. So COVID has brought a shift on how businesses should work how they should be able to plan for uncertainties, meaning cybersecurity doesn't, uh, it doesn't actually mind that you, you are on lockdown, so I will not act. The actors of cyber criminals are actually happy because people are working remotely, and even for them, they do access our system remotely. So the businesses are at a higher risk. The only problem they don't have the revenue to consume the service we thank our government because we are seeing it's beginning to open up people have actually moved their businesses online customers have adopted the the idea of actually trading online and trusting that their finances uh, any contract they come into with the businesses will actually be completed so we are seeing now revenue coming into the small medium enterprises and also the large enterprises so with that, uh, the second year of uh, COVID is uh, the revenue is uh, the strictness is loosening up. So our businesses as our business as money security services is speaking. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, what are the largest cybersecurity trends um, among telcos in in your region? Uh, so for cybersecurity trends in our region are more around ransomware. We see a lot of ransomware incidents happening for the telcos. Uh, now that you've mentioned telcos, but um, we see a lot of ransomware. We see a lot of cryptocurrency mining. We mm-hmm. see a lot of uh, user access uh, management. That uh, is, uh, we see a lot of user access uh, management uh, deficiency that is happening, but. For the customers I work with, mostly are financial institution, we are seeing a lot of fraud that is happening and they don't have the tools to be able to monitor what and detect the fraud that is happening within their financial system. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, as, as we've discussed earlier that, you know, with, with especially now in times of COVID, you know, there's adoption of new technologies. A lot of people are, you know, having conferences online, you're using various types of technologies. What would you say or how would you say that telcos are prepared for potential emerging cybersecurity risks? Thank you for that question, Brenda. So I would say as a telco, you have to have your strategy in place in terms of the both short term and long term especially the long term, you have to have it in place and you have to test it as from the minute that you envision where you want to go. Mm. In terms of technology, like for us in Safaricom, we started working from home. Since I joined Safaricom, I knew people would work from home and actually connect to the company network through a VPN, of course, uh, since way back. The problem was uh, the only limitation was at that time it was restricted to guys in technology and specific individual in technology, which is around 500 
um, employees. So when COVID hit, actually for us, the transition was just scaling out, okay? We were just scaling out and scaling up in terms of the resources and also the number of people now who will be working remotely. So for the telcos, that has also brought risk in terms of how then do you ensure that these are your employees who are logging in? How then do you ensure the data they are accessing is protected, the security around it? How then do you ensure that uh, the systems are also secure in terms of even the channel that they are using? So we've adopted several um, technologies and our mode of adoption is in terms of what risks do we have? What impact will it have? And then what controls do we adopt? An example would be people are working from home. They want to connect remotely. So how do I confirm it is Brenda, who is an employee of Safaricom, connecting to my LAN network? So what I do, I set up the channel. I give them the part. They have their own password, but then I introduce another layer of authentication, which is multi-factor authentication. This is tied to the employee's phone number. It is tied to their phone, so they have to download an application to authenticate. In the event that they are not the one who have initiated the remote uh, connection, they have a button where they press the hash uh, button and immediately we can record that this is a threat because the customer didn't, the employee did not try to log in. We have the security operations center where all our devices are monitored, where we have an endpoint device management. So anytime at the SOC, the individual is able to know your location. So our laptops and devices are geolocated, like geofenced. Yeah. So if I am to move, for example, to Malawi, to Zambia, and I log in, the team at the SOC are proactively able to detect that I'm not within the Nairobi region. Mm. And with that, they will send an email escalation just to find out, is it me who has traveled out of the country and I am the one locked? That is just one of the solutions we have. There are several which are also part of our portfolio that we usually interact with our customers and give them. Okay, thank you for that. Fantastic. Okay, um, just walk us through a typical day, you know, in, in your job when you walk in and when you walk out. Uh, thank you, Tambi. So uh, working from home is interesting because I don't work in and work out. I just oh. work out. <laughs> You get out of bed and go to your table. <laughs> yeah, bedroom, kitchen, uh, dining tables, desk. So my typical day starts at 5 a.m. I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. I try, unless I'm unwell or I was exhausted the previous day, I have to sleep seven hours. So I wake up at 5 a.m. I do my studies for two hours to seven, take my break, uh, interact with the family through phone calls, the kids. Then my colleagues, if I have to make a call, then I check my diary, write what I need to do for the day, for the previous day, what was pending. And at eight on the dot, the meetings start. Mondays are usually the hectic ones because I have meetings nearly the whole uh, eight-hour work shift, then uh, Tuesday's meetings. Then once in a while, I get to visit the customers. So that's my typical day. Um, usually, I I'll have meetings most part of the morning. Then in the afternoon, I get to do now personal 
I get to do now company work, like I have to do a deployment, I have to do a POC over technology, I have to follow up, for example, on a configuration that needs to be, to be done on a server. If I need to create a customer on one of our technological platforms, that's when I do it. Yes, and reply to emails, do pitching the whole day, and of course, take breaks. We have an email address. We the email the email provider that we use uh, has a feature where you get focus time and breaks time. So they pop up and remind you that you need to take a break. This is the time you need to focus on a specific task. Mm-hmm. And at five, at usually at four, I'm done because I started my day early. Then I I usually do walks. I don't run. From my photos, you'll see I'm a bit uh, plus size, so I do a lot of running, swimming. And uh, by six, I'm back in the house, prepare dinner, and uh, by 10, I'm in bed. And the cycle repeats itself. Until we get back into the office in a couple of months or so. <laughs> yes. So our employer may is uh, open to the idea of working from home because we've done okay. that now for nearly one year, six months. Uh, okay. Very few people actually go to the office. Hmm. Yes. Okay. That's good. That's pretty good. So you actually um, mentioned earlier on, you briefly into the next question, but uh, we'll ask it again. Are there any words of wisdom that you'd like to impart on our listeners who might be interested in following your steps into the cybersecurity industry? Yeah, uh, I am also growing um, a few years, so I'll just share what I've learned in life so far. Okay. So one thing I'd say is uh, we are going to spend 42, on average, an adult spend 42 years of their lives working. Okay. That's close to 90, is it 90,000 days working? So the best gift you can give yourself is choose a job that you can live in it. Every day you live. You don't wait for holidays. You don't wait to go and live to start living. So if you love interacting with people, get a job with, where you will interact with people, talk to people. If you love coding and you just love your space, uh, please get, get a job where you can do a lot of coding. Let the money, the financial uh, remuneration you get be the second or last option, but live at your job. Uh, finally is uh, time. Time management is very important. We struggle, I struggle myself. Time is money. So just make sure you plan your time well. Know when to sleep, know when to wake up, know when to have fun. On weekends, I don't work unless it's necessary. I have my fun over the weekend. But during the weekdays, I do that which I'm paid for because the payment sustains my my life, my lifestyle. So time management is very important at work. And then create create a career portfolio for yourself. Do the certification, um, have friends and uh, colleagues and uh, team members who can actually help you build your career. If you're not good in a specific uh, sector, for example, you're not good at network security, you're not good at, uh, that, you're not that very good at uh, uh, application security, find someone who's an expert to train you. So don't shy away and try to learn yourself. Group work, work helps, teamwork helps, especially when it comes to learning new technology. Yes, 
everyone ah. has their own journey the mm-hmm. best you can give yourself is to live your own journey don't paste any other person's life so i may have made it and you may want to get to where i am i would prefer if you can even surpass where i am let your money security services managerial job be more aspiring and more interesting than even what you see for women especially mothers it's never too late to start the race the worst is never starting you will always catch up it's not sprint is usually a marathon mm. so if people started 2 hours earlier and you're 1 hour behind then it means you have to run faster mm. because the marathon is ending in 2 hours so you just need to know especially for mothers coming from maternity pick up the pace very fast catch up with the rest it's a marathon it's not sprint so you'll always get to the finish line with the rest hey very very um powerful words of wisdom there thank you for sharing that with us um so we've come towards the end of our interview and uh, we just have a couple of um, fun questions just to you know loosen up the interview <laughs> we've spoken so much about work um just trying to see um you know the fun side of you so what is your hidden talent dancing now it has been a video vixen if it was not which was not for education so education good because you learn discipline you ra- you learn yeah. character perseverance yeah. you know you don't need quick money yeah on a light note <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's, that's pretty yeah. interesting um what is the last thing you googled before this interview uh i think i googled uh, what's the next book i'm going to read hmm. okay which is okay if you don't mind sharing uh, I actually want to read poems by WB and because I saw our the American president Mr Joe Biden his excellency Mr Joe Biden mm-hmm. uh, giving us a quote around this uh, poems by this guy so I want to check it out okay nice our next question actually ties into books um <laughs> so um what book did you read that changed your life the most I know you most of people have heard about this book it's uh, the 5 am club ah yeah it's a good book by robin yeah. sharma now robin sharma did not tell me something i didn't know i already mm-hmm. knew mm-hmm. the only thing is just creating the excitement and the inquisitiveness to want to implement what i already knew. So it's one of the books I've drawn lines I've put stickers they have a lot of colors and it's amazing book it taught me now how to sleep uh how to rest work mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes just take a pause you know to redefine what you to refresh and redefine what you want to do cool yeah, yeah that's a good book um if you could meet any living person for dinner who would you pick and why Oh my god this is a very hard question <laughs> <laughs> now i've always wanted to be a number setter this is not i've always wanted i still want to be a number setter mm-hmm. okay and i think if i'm given an opportunity to meet someone it would be our cs for sports uh lady amina mohammed she was a number setter she's a phenomenal woman from a uh, Actually she's ambassador Dr. Amina Mohammed okay. our CS for sports and culture 
she's an amazing woman. She has actually represented well as well within that space. She's from a diverse community. And uh, I think if I get up an opportunity to just understand how then did she become an ambassador, my dream <laughs> will become valid. Dinner with her, if you can get me that, I mean, <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, thank you so much, Fidus, for being um, a guest on our show. Um, you know, you, you did drop quite a number of gems. Um, I think the takeaway for me, would be your passion to giving solutions to customers. Um, you've also advised us to always say yes and learn on the job. Um, have timelines for certifications, the why and the how. And I think most important of all is to live your own journey. Um, I think that's very, very important. So thank you so much, Fidus. Um, we've definitely learned a lot from you and look forward to having you back on the show in the future. Thank you so much, Brenda and Tambi. It was an honor. I'm sure there are so many ladies who are doing amazing work out there. So to be given this time and opportunity, I don't take it for granted. And you're doing an amazing job. We would love to listen to podcasts that encourage us to take careers, especially as women, when we are taking maybe the train and the bus home. So kudos to Honeypot's chats. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thanks for listening to the Honeypot Chats with Brenda and Tambi. Join us next time 